Alright, welcome back to Healthspan. This is part 3 of Age Later by Dr. Nir Barzilay. Last episode, I talked about cholesterol, growth hormone, and mitochondria. And in this episode, I will be talking about the hallmarks of aging as well as the TAME trials. The hallmarks of aging have evolved and maybe more will be discovered, but each of them is a target for aging therapy as has been demonstrated in animal models. There's also this cool interconnection between these hallmarks of aging where relieving one problem can often relieve others as well. Now, I won't go in depth with each of these hallmarks, but I will mention all of them. I will begin with senescence. So a while back, a man named Len Hayflick showed that there's only a limit to the number of times a cell can divide. And after a cell divides, and or if DNA becomes damaged by some sort of mutation, it really has two choices. It can either undergo apoptosis, which is programmed cell death, or it can become a senescent cell and stop dividing. Now, in principle, senescence is a good thing. If the damaged cells could not become senescent, they would often become cancerous, so it's a sort of defense mechanism. But this defense does not last forever, and when these zombie cells, as he calls them, accumulate and are not cleared, they secrete inflammatory factors, also known as senescence-associated secretory proteins, or SASPs, that can change the local environment and cause cancer. So for the longest time, we thought senescent cells just sat there, didn't do anything, but we've kind of realized that they actually secrete inflammatory cytokines like IL-1, IL-6, TNF-alpha, and cause damage, as he says, to the local environment. And this can lead to cancer as well. And there's actually a group of medications called senolytics, which are being developed by geroscientists and biotechs who are trying to develop uh, ways to decrease the amount of senescent cells. And in preclinical rodent models, the overall health of animals with a lot of senescent cells improved significantly when they received these senolytics. So less senescent cells, less cancer. And another hallmark of aging is inflammation. Inflammation is typical in aging and reflects the body's effort to repair itself. Unfortunately, chronic inflammation is not well regulated and can contribute to aging. Mitochondria is another problem as well. Mitochondria, you know, the energy generators of our cells, they decrease in number, shape, and function with aging and with age-related diseases. Another problem is proteostasis. This is the process within cells that regulate uh, protein's fate. Immune dysfunction is another problem. Metabolic dysregulation, we know our metabolism kind of slows down in conjunction with declines in the activity of hormones like insulin. And there's also changes in cholesterol and lipid metabolism in the the body, uh, fat, and its distribution. Another thing is the epigenetic changes. So some of these changes are activated by uh, interactions with the environment and can increase or decrease the activity of certain genes without causing mutations. And this includes stunting stem cell uh, production and generation. So the findings that show that we can delay aging in mammals gives us promise that we can prolong human health span as well. So near Barzilay puts on this conference and he brings in a bunch of scientists, geroscientists, and they wanted to come up with a specific drug. And he kind of convened all these people about different opinions about which drug should offer the most uh, promise for the future. And after much discuss- discussion, they decided to focus on metformin, the first-line agent uh, for di- type 2 diabetes, uh, as the drug of choice for this trial. And Dr. Barzelli was very pleased with this choice for many reasons, one of which was that he was the first researcher to describe the effects of metformin 
on harnessing glucose production in diabetic subjects. So at the time of their meeting, there had been evidence that when metformin was added to diets of nematodes in several rodent models, it delayed aging and increased health span, increased mean lifespan by an average of 7-8% in many studies, and delayed the onset of diseases like cancer in specific cancer models. So it already showed some, some good promise in these animal models, but the main reason he had suggested metformin for the study of targeting the hallmarks of aging was because of what had been discovered in a human study. So researchers were given access to data from British pharmacy records that identify people with type 2 diabetes who were being treated by particular doctors as well as people who were not diabetic but were treated by the same doctors and lived in the same environment. And the researchers showed that diabetics who were taking metformin and who were also suffering from other diseases had less mortality than members of the group who were not diabetic and who had less obesity and fewer diseases in general. So David Sinclair talks about this all the time, this specific study showing that take two populations with the same age and same comorbidities. Those with diabetes and who were taking metformin lived longer than those who were not diabetic and not taking this drug. So this was a a profound study. And this study had over 156,000 people with an average age of 75, and it showed a 17% less mortality. So what makes this so dramatic is that in addition to not having diabetes, the people in the control group were leaner and had fewer diseases to begin with, but still had more mortality than those who were obese and diabetic. So this is truly incredible. So furthermore, in, in, um, new clinical trials reported significant reduction in the risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cognitive decline, dementia, and cancer among subjects who were taking uh, metformin. So not just diabetes, but these other kind of diseases that plague the United States, right? Cardiovascular disease, cancer, dementia, all these had been shown. Now, I'm going to kind of go through these a little bit quickly, but the United Kingdom Prospective Diabetes Study found that among subjects who were taking metformin, the risk of cardiovascular disease was reduced by about 20%. So we're reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease. How about cancer? In an analysis of multiple studies of metformin's effect, cancer incidence was reduced by 31%, and cancer-related deaths were reduced by 34%. And a lot of these specifically breast cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic, prostate, liver, and lung cancer, which suggests that it works against the biology of aging itself. How about cognition? Well, in another study, um, mild cognitive-impaired patients taking metformin showed improvement in executive functions, such as attention and memory, after just eight weeks of metformin. And observational studies reported 51% lower risk of cognitive impairment, with the risk being the lowest among those who had been on metformin the longest, and lower rates of dementia among type 2 diabetes on metformin than among subjects on other diabetic medications. So truly, we're seeing this impact on cancer, dementia, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, all with this one drug, metformin. Now, as far as Nier was concerned, the case had really been made. If metformin could do all these things in studies about uh, individual diseases, didn't it mean that it could also achieve all this by targeting aging itself? So metformin affected each of these diseases by delaying aging. 
so we had more evidence that aging is what's driving all these diseases. And if we can show that metformin will protect against a cluster of age-related diseases in humans and enhance longevity, we'll prove that the cause of aging can be targeted with safe drugs. So with widespread support from biologists and gerontologists, Nier and scientists began to formulate a trial to prove that a drug can target the biology of aging itself. And this is the TAME study. So TAME stands for the Targeting Aging with Metformin. Now let me tell you how this study works. The TAME study was a six-year double-blind placebo-controlled study that had 3,000 participants between the ages of 65 and 80. Now the primary aim in the study is to test whether metformin delays the onset of a group of age-related chronic diseases and whether it also decreased mortality. So they were looking for the initial diagnosis of a composite of major diseases of aging, including MI, stroke, CHF, uh, cancer, cognitive impairment, you know, and dementia. And they were also testing the hypothesis that metformin will preserve physical and cognitive function, uh, which are obviously critical to health span. They were also collecting data on common geriatric conditions like fractures and pneumonia um, and certain other syndromes that are related to the elderly. So the protocol for this team study will be about 1,500 milligrams of extended release metformin in a pill taken once a day. And then the placebo will be physically identical. So 1,500 milligrams, that's, that's quite a lot. I think a diabetics usually take about 500 milligrams BID, so 1,000 milligrams a day. So he's testing 1,500 milligrams of metformin compared to this placebo. Now he's going to conduct the study at 14 different clinical centers across the United States that were really selected in a competitive review of applications. That, and all these places had uh, principal investigators with extensive experience with metformin and the field of aging. So it's not just one clinic. He's going to 14 different clinics to see whether metformin can actually target aging and all these downstream effects of aging like cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, and dementia. So I'm going to move forward. He talks about more about the logistics and getting money for this funding. Um, kind of kind of boring stuff, so I, I really wanted to jump ahead. Um, so that's what I'll be doing. And I'll be going to stop the clock section. So how old is old? So let's, let's talk about biology or biological versus chronological age. When someone says chronological age, that they basically mean in years, how old you are? What year were you born? When someone asks what your biological age is, they're really asking what your DNA shows. So there's a big difference between this chronological age and the biological age. Now to assess people based on biological age, scientists have been trying to agree on a standard set of aging biomarkers. Now the FDA supports this move because biomarkers will allow us to treat people based on their biological age instead of their chronological age. Because we've all met people who are you know, 50, but really they're extremely unhealthy and they don't take care of themselves and their biological age may be 70. But then again, we've also met 50-year-olds who take good care of themselves. You know, they restrict calories, they exercise daily, they use the sauna, they take cold showers, they get good sleep. Their biological age may be 10 years younger than what their chronological age is. 
and the, the biomarkers will help us to deliver better health care because we will have better ways to predict who is at risk now and who will be at risk later. So for the longest time, the, the lead researcher, uh, Steve Horvath, he developed this methylation clock. And for now, it seems that the best biomarker we have for differentiating between biological and chronological age is this methylation. Um, but actually, David Sinclair recently came out with a post saying that he developed a new way to measure your biological age. So if you go to drsinclair.com, spell it out, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R.com, you can actually sign up and be a part of this uh, a study where you can get your biological age tested. Um, so we have that Horvath cloth, clock, we have David Sinclair coming out with other ways to measure your biological age. So I'm going to move on to things you can start doing right now to improve your biological, your biological age. And we're going to start with exercise. So exercise promotes health span and lifespan. Hands down, the most important intervention we have for aging is physical exercise, which has bought positive benefits for males and females at every single stage in life. As for now, how much should you exercise? This answer, we still don't really know yet. There's a lot of research to be done. But just as with caloric restriction, where restricting some calories extends our lifespan, but restricting all calories would kill us, we need to strive to find the optimal range uh, for what we're trying to achieve. There was a study that followed more than 650,000 people over about 10 years, reported that moderate exercise such as brisk walking for 75 minutes a week added almost two years to people's life expectancy. So that's, that's pretty incredible. And people who exercised even more than that, like an hour a day, added four and a half years just by brisk walking. Now, he didn't get into the semantics between resistance training and cardiovascular, but I'd say it's good to do both. Absolutely, it's good to do some weight-bearing exercises to prevent osteoporosis, but it's also good to just have this low-level constant movement. This is something Ben Greenfield talks about all the time. Uh, integrating exercise into your daily routine and getting your, you know, eight to 10,000 steps a day. Now, regular exercise appears to be have a positive effect on all the hallmarks of aging, and that may be due to a process called hormesis, which is a certain amount of stress that can be helpful and protective because it activates many of our natural defenses. So hormesis, again, is the idea of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or what doesn't kill you makes you live longer. I talked about this in uh, Lifespan, David Sinclair's book, I talked about this in a lot of other books as well. We want to kind of stress ourselves uh, to make us more resilient and increase our natural defenses. We know exercise stimulates the enzyme AMP kinase that helps maintain cellular energy homeostasis and control lipid metabolism. And funny enough, the majority of benefits of metformin come from activation of the same enzyme, AMP kinase. So when AMP kinase gets activated, we know we get a decrease in gluconeogenesis, we get a decrease in glycogen synthesis, we increase fatty acid oxidation, we increase glute transporters to uptake more glucose. It has such a variety of effects like autophagy, mitophagy, just by activating of AMP kinase. And you can get this done again through exercise or metformin as well. And we know exercise can also stimulate mTOR, which um, you know, can be beneficial can be beneficial if it's not chronically activated. Um, so again, like autophagy, uh, improving glucose regulation, 
all these benefits from exercise. So I'm going to end this episode here and pick up next episode with other things you can do to kind of stop the aging of your biological clock. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something and I hope you tune in next time for the next part of Age Later by Dr. Nir Barzilay. Thank you for listening.